listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. Here, these are conversations that will differentiate you from your competition. Now, if you don't want to be different than your competition, probably should just go ahead and shut this off. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Like when we audit the mod and get and do the mod master and and give them the actionable items that they can that they can do in order to lower their cost of risk. This is Power Producers Shop Talk. Production redefined. Reasonable and what wasn't. And and I think that you know, that's, that's spot on. And, you know, these people that we're talking with don't necessarily understand what their exposures are and what they can even do about them, um, you know, when they're uncovered. So I, I do like that what we're able to provide is something tangible, action items that they can do. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast. Shop Talk, episode number five. Talk a little prospecting in episode five. Mm-hmm. Kyle uh, felt like that would be of value to everybody, and we know a thing or two about some prospecting. So, yep, I'll let you have the floor, man. How do you want to open this thing up? Well, I mean, I I think obviously prospecting is is a huge component of bringing on you know new business, and I don't know if everybody. I mean, we've talked about it a number of times on. Our, um, on our, on our regular edition of, of the power producers, but, um, it's something that, uh, it's something that's, that's important. I think there may be a book somewhere relating to it. And I can't remember what the, what, what it's called. It's two minutes, something. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. that. I, don't know, I fell asleep <laughs> forward. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I, so I, I figured we could just get on and kind of talk about our process and, um, you know, kind of give everybody a little bit of a look into, into how we do things. I mean, it's, it's something I spend a quite a bit of time on when, you know, pre COVID when I was going out and doing drops, I mean, obviously it's, you know, you get it, you get a large majority of your business through referrals. You know what, and, though, that's I mean, you've changed, been, man, now that, uh, now that I had the paperwork come through for Chubb earlier today, uh, right. you know, that's a, that's a pretty, stout volume commitment they're wanting a million in the first year there you go uh, she asked me if i thought that would be a problem and i was like do you want two million i mean come on (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i i i don't have a a, obviously a million dollars is is not going to be an issue based on the types of accounts we go after but right yeah i was kind of pumped up man it's kind of like a throwback you know almost like the old timers game i'm going to get to uh Mm-hmm. maybe work out a little bit, try and fit into the old uniform before I uh, hit the, <laughs> hit the diamond. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Cause that's, that's really, you know, if I look back over my career, you know, I have, we have a lot of fun now. I mean, this, the last year, two years is, you know, even as crazy as some of the crap is that we've had happen. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's been, it's been a good kind of stress to a certain degree, but you know, even the last six months has been awesome. I mean, I've just, I've had more fun working in the last six months than I've had in a long time. We haven't really skipped a beat, man, with all the stuff. And I know we've, we've talked about that before on, on the, on the show, but, um, it, it doesn't 
things have not slowed down. I've been just as busy, sometimes even busier than pre-COVID. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. And, you know, I look back, though, in those those early days when I was just like really getting cranked up in the middle market, when I when I basically created what has now morphed into the whole killing commercial process mm. or it was when I really I mean, I had a blast, man. It, it was almost like what a satellite dish salesman looks like 10 years later, you know, because <laughs> I was making ridiculous money. I was I was just crushing middle market accounts left and right, but I loved just the strategy of the prospecting and building the pipeline and yep. going out and So that's kind of what I was getting at with leading in there is, you know, the the referrals are all good and and you know that's it's definitely a warm introduction usually, not usually every time and it's something that you're going to close most of the time, but it is way more gratifying in my opinion to go out and prospect a business and basically hunt it and walk up in that piece, get a meeting and then close the deal. That that's and to me that's what from somebody who's trying to hold on to it after 6 to 8 years that fell yeah. behind the wheel and had no clue you were even in there. I mean, I'm exactly. Probably, in my mind when I when I when I am going into a new business appointment, it's like I'm walking out of the tunnel at the UFC. It, it's mm-hmm. freaking gladiator time at that point. You might yeah. be the nicest person in the world, but if you're not doing your job, I'm fixing to exploit the fact that you're not doing your job and I'm going to get paid to take the account over. Hate me, yep. love me. I don't really care, but you don't have, I'm not the one you should be blaming. I, I'm not responsible for the fact you fell asleep. I'm sorry. Right. You got fat and happy. You didn't take care of your client and I will happily take care of your client going forward. And, for and sure. I mean, I think that, um, you know, that's really what, that that's really what I'm looking the most forward to now that we're going to be back mm-hmm. in battle with Chubb direct again is, you know, building a, a prospect database around what their appetite is, which is exactly what I like to write the most and uh, go out and do it just to say, right. what? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, I took 15 yeah. years off. <laughs> Here's what's up. Didn't, didn't miss a beat. No, I, I mean, so it starts with the research, obviously at that point. I mean, you've got to, you've got to do your job on the front end to learn as much as you can about the businesses that you're trying to go after before you go after them. I mean, you're not well, going to say even dial it back a step further than that and say, define what it is you're going to go after. Right. right? True. Yeah. If you, if you look at it from that perspective, it's like I tell people all the time, if I were to walk into a room of producers and just random mm-hmm. walk up to somebody and say, Hey, who's your ideal prospect? Who's your ideal prospect? Who's your ideal prospect? None of them most of them are not going to have that. them. Yeah. Because they're right. all running around. Everybody's doing the same thing. They're trying to write everything. They, mm-hmm. they want to go out yep. and be all things to all people. And yeah, you'll write some business that way. And it looks like you've got a really active pipeline, but you also have a pipeline full of a bunch of crap you're never going to write because you've mm-hmm. done nothing to pre-qualify it or make it, you know, fit into what you want to be ideal for your book. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so, so you're right. I think first step there is, is as you're doing your research before, before that, you know, figure out who it is that you want to go after and what they look like, not just the types of business, but size, you know, what, what kind of culture you want them to have. All of those things are important. Yeah, absolutely. So then what? So, then what? What'd you say? Then what? Then what? Yeah. So, I mean, w- once I figure out and have identified who those are, I'm, I'm going to go through and, and do my process. And that looks something like, you know, 
hitting up all the various social media sites, LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, Instagram, if they've got it. I mean, you know, all of these businesses, the ones who, the ones who we're going after, they all have those things set up. Like if they don't, if they don't have a LinkedIn page, if they don't have Facebook, that's not going to be a good fit for, for what we do. Right. So I'm looking at all those things and not only am I trying to figure out a little bit more about them, but I'm, I'm looking at some of the stuff they do. Like, are they active in the community? What are some of the foundations they get involved in? What are some of the events that they've done so that I can try to relate to them? You know, maybe I can. Number one right now, one of my favorite tricks. So if you're a salesperson and you're, um, you're listening to this, which I would hope that if you're listening to this, you are a salesperson. Um, I love going on social media and finding the person I'm going to meet with smoking a cigar and then Ugh. drilling down into the label to see what kind of cigar it is and then show up with that cigar for the first meeting. There you go. I mean, that's, that's obviously, you know, high level stuff. There. That is a bit ninja like, but you know, it's <laughs> you know, no, but you can play it off too, right? Like you walk in and you pull out one of those three finger, uh, you know, pocket humidors. I, I always carry around the Perdomo anniversary <laughs> edition. You, know, you like cigars? <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, even even something like you know, obviously, I, I I'm into golf, right? So if I there's tons of companies that have charity golf tournaments or that involve some. I mean, you go on people's Facebook, like that's all over the place. That's an easy easy thing to start building rapport on. I want to find in my research part of what I want to find is not only who I should talk to, but some things that I can build rapport on and talk about because it's, I mean, it's a relationship business. Like the people, people say they don't want to do sales because they don't like, I I, I think that in their head, they think that they have to put like the hard sale on people all the time. It's relationships. Like if you can, that's the other thing, like people, people's impression of of being in sales are, you have to be overly aggressive. Number one, I think right? That's the number yeah. One misnomer. The used car sales, and, and the other one is being cheesy or being fake, and you can't be yourself right. and be authentic. And right. you couldn't be further from the truth. Number one, you don't have to put a hard sell on anybody if you take the time to educate them appropriately. And number two, yep. I'll never be cheesy or fake. I don't want people to like me for who I'm not. I mean, it's just like when you see the movies where the dude is acting like he's somebody he's not to get the girl to go out with him. And then mm-hmm. relationship starts getting serious. And all of a sudden now he's stuck. He's got a choice. He either can continue to be the fake person or he can go back to being who he really is and risk losing, losing the girl. It's the same thing right. in the sales game. So just be yourself from the beginning. You're going to attract those who are attracted to you and you're going to repel yep. those who aren't. It's okay. You don't right. have to be everybody's It's that friend. simple. I mean, so I'm, I'm looking for that kind of stuff when I'm doing my research, of course. And then, you know, also the, for a lot the of beards. types of people that I'm going to be meeting with. Hopefully they've got a LinkedIn page. I can learn a little bit more about them, maybe find out where they went to school, what other positions they've had in the past. And Well, I was simply saying you need to so, locate people with beards. Oh, too. Yeah. Beard, easy combo. Everybody's got beards except for you these days. And it's just, an, you know, it's an easy conversation. Squatch though, so. Dude, the Squatch. I, uh, I've burned through my squatch? first soap. Are you happy with your Squatch purchase? First one. Yeah, I am. The first one, the first one I used was the Pine Tar. It's pretty solid. I might, uh, might dabble in the, uh, the, the, the sea goat milk or whatever the hell the next one is called. But uh, the beard oil. I'm going to jump up and bite you if you're not careful. It's got little pieces of oatmeal <laughs> in it that are for exfoliation. So 
if it feels like I noticed that about the pine tar too. Yeah, it had some it had some nodules. The sea goat milk is even worse. It'll be like <laughs> cheese grater if you're not careful. So just watch yourself in the nether. But I got dude, I got the uh the, the beard oil, the um oh my god, lakeside bourbon, I think is what it was called. And it basically smells like it smells like I took a shower with a bunch of squirrels that were rubbing a bunch of pine cones all over my face and um yeah so anyways no but yeah so i'm I'm looking for those things ways to build rapport and and um you know different exposures that they may have that are not obvious from their names like you, you the amount of stuff on facebook man like i'll I may be going into a company that says that they're, you know, just a residential AC contractor, but then on their AC, on their Facebook page, they've got pictures of them operating a crane, getting onto three story flat roofs, commercial. And it's like, they're doing all these different things. And it's like, okay. Jumping for team building. Right. So like, you know, it's important to, to get as much as you can on the front end so that you know what you're walking into and, and you can, evaluate their risks a little bit better for them. So I'm looking at those things. I'm looking at reference USA. That's been a huge help. I used it at my last job, but not to the extent that I do here. Um, you know, again, I want to verify that they're in the right size, you know, for, for us to, for our value prop and prop to make sense. Um, I want to see what their financials are looking like, how many employees, and it's not always right on, on reference USA, but it's, it's pretty close for the most part. I get some good information off there. So I'm looking at those things. I'd give it um, a 70 to 80% accuracy range. Yeah, I agree. Um, looking up Sunbiz and looking up the owners, like, you know, finding out what other businesses they may have. Um, that's huge, not only for workers comp, but just in general. I, you know, I want to know if they're actively involved in other companies and how we may be able to, um, you know, kind of work that in, not necessarily right away, but down the road, how things may tie together. Um, I think that's an important aspect of it. One of the ones I talk about in Killing Commercial is um, going in and looking at the political and charitable contributions online right. so that you know what you can say and what you can't say based on what very, those... Uh, very true, especially these days, man, cancel culture and everybody getting so offended by everything. I mean, you... Yeah, you kind of have to do that. It's one of those things. It's not like I'm necessarily looking to go in and engage in political conversation. It's really more for me to understand the opposite, you know, make a hundred percent sure you don't even remotely come close to saying anything. <laughs> right. You know, like, like we needed that pressure, you know, but yeah, you know, and I, totally. I know from a, you could also probably make the argument too, from a political standpoint, it seems like, the majority of the people that we come into contact with pretty much lean the same way. So you don't have to worry too much about offending people. I mean, you should never be talking politics at a first meeting, no. but sometimes it's not even the politics. It's just any number of things, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes things come up. My new favorite, you, yeah. by the way, is the conspiracy theorists who think that this COVID testing is not really testing. But it's them. Im- the, the microchip? Yes. Implanting a microchip in the back of your nasal cavity. Did I tell you that? No, I, I just have heard about it. I mean, it's I I don't understand. And there's so many of these conspiracies that are going on right now um, that it's just like they're so far out there 
at least for me, <laughs> I'm like, what person says this shit out loud and actually thinks that it makes sense? Dude, Forrest Gump ran across the country by himself, but by the time he did it the fourth time, he had like a whole herd of people following him. True. You know, I mean, <clears throat> I don't get it, but I, I actually was entertained reading that one last night because I had not really thought about that. But the argument that I read was we have to make, we have to wear masks because if we accidentally cough or sneeze on somebody, the um, particles coming from our mouths are so contagious that we could infect other people. And yet they can do a DNA swab of your cheek and come up with a complete DNA profile but they have to go all the way to the back of your nasal cavity to get the testing for this when your mouth is supposedly so infectious. Why? You know, the other thing too is looking to, uh, you, you want to see what the companies are doing in the community too. That's what I'm saying. Like with golf tournaments and things like that. Like, I mean, it's not uncommon that I've just happened to show up at a fundraiser, you know, mm -hmm. that is being produced by somebody who is a, is a prospect for me. I mean, you know, th this goes even back when I was <clears throat> working at the other agency, we would go to NAPIO every year, which is the national mm -hmm. national association for PEOs. Mm -hmm. And those are huge accounts. I would literally go into that four, three or four day conference with two people. That's it. I, I was looking, I was looking to connect with two decision makers every year. And if, mm -hmm. I, if, if I happened to connect with them in the first day, my work was done for the whole conference at that point. Uh, anything right. else at that point was gravy. I, I really like going after very, very focused people targets, almost like an assassin, man. I hate to say that, but, you know, I really want to go deep on exactly what it is that I want to write because I think that that really helps your ability to um, – to convert if you're not spreading your, your time and resources across a hundred percent. Cause you're speaking their language at that point, you know, most businesses of the same industry are going to have the same issues, same problems and, and same things that you're able to help them with. So it's, if you're, if you're going all over the place and, and writing a bunch of different things, you can't really hone in on that. And you're not having as good a conversations as you could be if you're, if you're focused, I think one of the issues that people run into in, in sales and agents specifically is just lack of patience, right? So they don't realize in, in the middle market, you know, if I were to look at what an average producer across the country produces in a year and uh, it's, it's not even a hundred thousand in revenue. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're mm -hmm. using a hundred to 150,000 in new business, you're doing pretty darn good. Like you're, you're mm -hmm. above average from a production standpoint, if you're hitting a hundred to 150,000 in new business a year. But I mean, if you're prospecting accounts that are 25 to $50,000 in agency revenue, you cannot expect to bring one in every month. It's just not going to happen, right? You know, yeah. The sales cycle on that is much longer than something that's a two thousand dollar account. Yeah. So if you're if you're if you can just hit, I mean, if you're if you're hitting fifty thousand dollar accounts and you write two in a year, you, you just had a good year. Sure. sure. You know, and so I think that's the other thing is people get um, 
impatient with the prospecting game and they don't they don't realize it's a lot of it's a lot of work if you're if you're going to do it right it is not something that you're just going to be able to kind of sleepwalk through like if you're going to if you're going to actually prospect and do it the right way and get in, get the right information and to get in front of the right people you have to spend some time on it but you also don't have to do that for 3000 prospects right no i mean you have a very focused we we have a very focused list of the people that we're going after and because of that, we're not going, you know, we're not going through the 3000 list of people. Yeah, I think that's a big differentiator, especially in the middle market. Again, you know, everybody wants to go out and try and fill their pipeline, fill their pipeline, fill their pipeline. But they waste so much time calling on crap. They're never going to write or doesn't fit in there in the ideal box. Right. You know, it seems like you're spending a lot more time on the front end. But if you look at it and average it out over the course of a year. You might be spending the same amount. You might actually be spending less, but you're actually spending better quality and you're going to end up with better results. Yep. Because you're not having to call on 15 people to get one. You're basically calling on one to get one. Yep. No, I, I agree. I'm with you. So what we, what do you, what's your favorite trick? I mean, your favorite resource or tool in the prospecting piece? Um, I think... One of the things that we utilize very well is all of the workers comp information that's out there because that's, you know, as we've talked about many times, what we lead with. Um, and I just, there's, I, there's, there's not other agents that are doing what we're doing. There's not very many at least. So I don't have to compete with people. I can, I I'm walking into a business knowing what their mod is knowing what issues they, you know, potentially have, because we write businesses that are similar. I know, uh, you know, who they're with and I can, I can use that as a conversation starter and talk about it. And chances are they've never heard what I'm talking about with them. Yeah. Or when you go in and you say, Hey, I just want to come in and talk to you about your experience. Mod. Oh, our mod's great. No, not really. Here it is. It's a 1.67. Yeah. Right. Or, or I've even had it, you know, where we walk in and they're like, oh, yeah, our mod's good. I'm like, yeah, your mod is pretty good. It's a 0.88, but is it right? Yeah. Could it be better? Are you leaving money on the table? What's your dividend look like this year? You know, I think that's a good point. And that's that's one place where for people who don't have a ton of experience on bigger accounts, middle market kind of stuff, you know, you go into an account that's got a quarter million, you know, $300,000 in workers comp premium and the mods of 0.88 there's a really good chance their minimum mods is in the 0.6s so, yeah and that's huge for a quarter million dollar account yeah you can't look at a 0.88 and think oh i'm not even going to bother calling on this because it's a 0.88 no you have to realize that there's still probably 20 points at least a controllable mod if it's the right class codes on an account that size we just Again, it goes back to pre-qualifying or not not having the experience to pivot on it. And, you know, I always tell the story about, you know, Evatone. When I wrote Evatone, it was a um, it was a 0.86 and a half million dollars in premium. And the minimum mod ended up being a 0.64. So they were leaving 22 points on a half a million dollars in premium on the table. And if I would have let that guy convince me that his mod was awesome and the best it could be, I never would have written that account. Instead, I closed it. Right. $75,000 in revenue for my agency. So I just thought of another win. Um, you know, as, as we were talking about that before, uh, 
you know, one of the clients that I brought on, they were getting ready to renew their comp last summer, right around this time. And I just, I pulled them up. I saw who they're with. I'm like, there's no reason for you in that class code to be with that carrier. doesn't make sense. You're not getting a dividend. You're not on pay as you go. And based on what I can tell from what it is that you guys do, you're in the complete wrong class code. So I went in, I, I had that conversation with the, the owner was standing right there, walked in. He's like, Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I'd be happy to sit down and talk with you. Let's, you know, let's meet tomorrow or whatever, whatever time we set up. I came back in with a quote with a different carrier pay as you go dividend. And it was a done deal by the way, because we and the right class code, they were leaving, they were leaving something. So it, it wasn't a huge account and they, but they were still, they were leaving something like seven grand on the, on the table because they were in the wrong, not, not leaving it on the table. It was lost money. They were paying it in workers comp premium. They shouldn't have been paying it at all. So, um, you know, that, that's just an example of some of the stuff that you do. I didn't do anything like, you know, crazy there. I just looked up who the hell they were with, looked up their mod and went in and have it, had a simple conversation and like, dude, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong class code. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, the other thing too, though, is I think that a lot, you know, knowing who the carriers are and how they structure mm-hmm. their programs is huge because, mm-hmm. you know, we know, for example, that in the state of Florida guard doesn't have a dividend, right? Unless you're right. in that restaurant group or one, of, mm-hmm. there's like one or two things where it's a special product that they have that has a right. dividend. Otherwise, if they're with guard, what do we know? We know, well, there's a pretty good chance they're with ADP or they're right. straight guaranteed cost with no dividend. So, yep. Yeah, we can go in and, and we can... Um, we can no pay as you go. Yeah, no pay as you go, whatever. The other the other one is, you know, just like the, the um, HVAC company that, that I met with a couple of weeks ago, they were with a good carrier, but the carrier had, you know, it wasn't a, a massive amount of comp premium. It was only, I mean, the whole account was only $200,000 in premium. So I want to say that the, the comp on it was like 40 or 50 of it. And they were with a good carrier, but when he sent everything over to me, I noticed that they were they had a, a .77 mod. Okay, well, mm-hmm. not much I'm going to be able to do with that. Right. It, they literally had like minimal losses. It might improve by two points. But sure. There wasn't enough volume there in, in premium for it to be too much of, a, of an adjustment. But they, they, they were a .77 mod on a 10% guaranteed dividend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yep. why? when I talk to the owner, I'm, I'm like, Why? And he said, well, you know, we're just really conservative. I said, great. Did anybody sit down and model for you how good your years were to get to a 0.77 mod? And by the way, you're lost. But dude, the fact that you're conservative, I mean, you can still find dividends out there that are the 10% flat, but give you the slider on the well, back. That's what, to, to yeah. that's what I told him. I'm like, okay, great. So you're conservative. I can, I've got programs that'll give you 10% guaranteed plus 10% plus right. have a slider on the back end. That's where you mm-hmm. can be. And I said, if I took your last five years losses, averaged them out, and then divided that into your premium to show you what your loss ratio would be, your loss ratio is under 3%. You know, right. So th- with a slider, you would be here. With a flat plus slider, you would be here. So you're leaving basically well over $10,000, $15,000 on the table every year because you didn't realize you could actually get the exact program you have plus the kicker 
for performance. So, yep. So, I mean, that, that, that's just a great example of why we lead with the, with the comp most of the time, because there's so many different things that we can do that nobody talks about with, with the people that they're going after. Yeah, I agree. So any, any other prospecting things you can think of off of the top of your head before we wrap this up? Uh, I don't think so, man. I mean, you just have to do the research on the front end. You've got, got to spend time on it. I'll spend most of my Friday, like when things get back to normal and I'm going back out and doing my drops and, and, and doing some cold calling and all of that, like I'm spending my Friday doing the research and putting the time in to get all the necessary information, any little bits of pieces, all the stuff that we've talked about so far today, so that when I go in and talk to them, I can just make that conversation much more impactful and, and get ahead of everybody else that's trying to get in there because you know, other people are, especially in the middle market. So I think you got to really take the time, look at all the different things that are just right there. And I mean, dude, back when you started in the early sixties, there was nothing, (laughs) there was no internet. There was no, like, I mean, you couldn't use these things. Like we have everything at our fingertips. Like we've got, I had all of these soup can with the string (laughs) when I picked it up. Reference USA was on the other end, and I could ask questions. <laughs> so just use the stuff that's out there, man. There's so many different things that you can do that are gonna. I mean, again, they take they they don't take a lot of time to do, but it's it's the simple stuff, and that's what's gonna set you apart. Agreed. That's all I got. All right, we're out. See ya later. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes